Welcome to episode 22 of Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit. (laughs) As we promised in our last episode, Bossy has a delicious cocktail that uses your leftover cranberry sauce from Thanksgiving. Tell us about your cranberry cocktail. First of all, I should say it's a composition. It is my own creation because I always make cranberry sauce with the fresh cranberries, which come in a decent sized bag. It's part of my rule. What do you do with a quarter of a cup of creamed corn? So I would just make a batch of cranberry sauce with the whole bag, and then everybody would each eat about a tablespoon. And then I would have one and a half cups of cranberry sauce left. And you don't want to throw it out because it's homemade and you like it. It tastes good. So finally, I decided, and this was somewhat inspired by, I noticed Williams and Sonoma sells these cocktail mixes or blends. Mm. There was a cranberry one. I was like, wait a minute. That's just a nice bottle of what I have. So this is what you do. So whatever your cranberry sauce recipe that you've made. We're talking simple. You can do the sugar water cranberry with a little orange zest or, and my recipe has a lot more things. It has dried cherries and rum. So whatever recipe. Yeah. I mean, the premise of this is that you have a cranberry sauce recipe that you like, whatever it is. And you basically take a cup of it or whatever is left, put it in your Cuisinart or food processor, or you could probably use a blender. If you want it pretty fine, I would probably use a Cuisinart. And you put in an equal amount of cranberry juice cocktail. So you're basically making this nice sort of thick cranberry slurry. So let's say you've got two parts of that, say it's two cups, and then you put in one part or one cup of vodka, and then a half a part or a half a cup of triple sec. You could also use Grand Marnier. And if you do two cups of your nice cranberry sauce slurry, one cup of vodka, half cup of triple sec, then it fits nicely into a quart mason jar. So then it becomes hooch, which as we know, everybody loves hooch in a mason jar. Yeah. Put the lid on there and ribbon or no, what you said, twine. 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 Yes. Or raffia. And so you've got that. And then you can keep it in the fridge. I actually made this last year. I think I made it sometime in mid-January. And I still discovered some in the back of the fridge in April. And I think because of the alcohol, it just pickles and keeps. You've got this nice jar of basically a cranberry cocktail mix. And then what you do to make the actual cocktail is you use two parts of that and two parts of ginger beer and then the juice of a lime. And that's basically what makes the cocktail is that cranberry slurry. I put in a little bit of clove and cinnamon into my cranberry sauce. So it's got this nice little bit of spice, but Mm. it gets mellowed with 
just the regular cranberry sauce. I like it with the ginger beer. I really like that combination of the cranberry with a little bit of orange and lime and ginger beer. But you could just put regular seltzer mm -hmm. if you wanted. If you like more of a lime tinge, you could maybe try it with lime. Or if you really just want like the cranberry, you could use a cranberry seltzer, cranberry lime seltzer. And of course, you have to have the round ice globes. <laughs> For the photo, I looked up how to make like a frosted cranberry to have a little garnish on there. Mm. And okay, this is how lazy I am. It was talking about making a simple syrup and then putting the cranberries in the simple syrup and then coating it with sugar. And for oh. something that you're actually probably not going to eat... I thought, I wonder if I just wash the cranberries, you know, they're wet and just roll them in sugar. And that worked fine. <laughs> so if you're lazy like me. <laughs> I was worried that you're going to say, and then I thought, well, if I'm not going to eat it, why don't I just use rubber cement? And that'll stick that sugar to that. Yeah. I, I have to say that our friend, Ina, there is somebody who does a parody of her. And they talk about, you're like me, you go to your own cranberry bog and you just take a scoop of cranberries. <laughs> or you can buy store-bought. You know? Yeah. I do have to say, I have a cranberry bush in the backyard because <gasps> you can, yep, yes, you can, it's viburnum. You can grow a cranberry variety that grows on a bush and you don't need a bog. But every... <laughs> Here I go out there and I say, oh, those cranberries, look, those look good. And so I, I pick one and then I realize that they don't taste like the craisins that I normally eat, which are <laughs> soaked in sugar. Right. And I'm like, oh, these taste like cranberries. And so I never pick them. But you could totally pick them and make your own. Yeah, but they're not, they're not ready at the right time. They're ready in August, September. So I guess I could pick them and freeze them. But they taste much more bitter than mm. regular cranberries. And I always mean to eat a raw cranberry and see if this really is the same thing. Yeah. But no, but who yeah. wants to do that? Well, who wants to do that when you could just buy the craisins? Um. But yes, I really <laughs> like this cocktail. I thought, that, I thought the line was so perfect with the cranberry, but I'll put in my recipe for cranberry sauce, which the only thing that's a little bit hard to find is red currant jam or jelly. Um, that can be a little tricky, but you can use Yeah, it. I don't, I, I just have cranberries and sugar and water. And then I, I do put in some orange zest and cinnamon and a little bit of clove, which I think kind of gives it a little zip. Sometimes I do put in apricots. Sometimes actually I do put in ginger. It adds a little more zip. And but... oh, you did have a tip for if your sauce has nuts in it. Yes. I remember mom's sauce used to have nuts, which is surprising because as she knows, her children do not eat things with nuts in them because we were trained that we <laughs> would choke. Right. But if you do have a, a cranberry sauce that has nuts in it, what you can do is, because you don't really want the nuts in a cocktail, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So you can heat up the cranberry sauce, add the cranberry juice cocktail, and then put it through a sieve. Basically, you're making a nice enriched juice that's a little thicker before well, you add the alcohol. 
And when I did mine, I did put it through a sieve. So you, you're probably not going to get as much final product when you do that because it's, it's going to, yeah. some of it's going to stay in the strainer, but. It's almost more like you're making a cranberry nectar. You remember yeah. how there used to be like apricot nectar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. We love that as kids, apricot nectar. Also, yeah. we have to tell how momadors have to buy two bottles of cranberry juice cocktail because one was before we got into the house we drank one entire, and we're talking the big one but the gallon <laughs> mom used to have to buy two one gallon containers of cranberry right. juice because that that was like a huge big treat for us because we yeah. didn't have that juice any other time except that was our cocktail I guess this does go back to the room of our childhood yes where at Thanksgiving when we were growing up the kids cocktail was cranberry juice yep yeah so great yeah so it's nice to now that we're adults have our own bottles <laughs> yes <laughs> no one else <laughs> drinks it in my family I'm the only one. I know <laughs> Yeah, no, my son doesn't drink it. I have to get apple cider for him. Mm. So now we have like a gallon thing of apple cider and a big thing of cranberry juice. And so Well, you were going to tell us, though, that in the world of the novel you're reading, this oh, does yes. not. Okay, so yes, I, I'm listening to, which in my book counts as reading, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles. And there's a character that comes along about halfway through the book, an American, and he's in the, the bar with the main character, who's the Count. And the American says, quote, a cocktail is not meant to be a melange. At its best, a cocktail should be crisp, elegant, sincere, and limited to two ingredients. Just two? Yes, but they must be two ingredients that complement each other that laugh at each other's jokes and make allowances for each other's faults and that never shout over each other in conversation like gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is not a two ingredient cocktail. Well, first of all, gin and tonic also has lime. So that's three ingredients. <laughs> I did read that novel a while ago and it's wonderful. I'd recommend it to anybody. It's a wonderful description. The Count is basically waiting out the war under house arrest at this very fancy hotel. But I think the American is brought in there with that wonderful opinion so that he could be discounted. I think that's <laughs> bring the American in with a ridiculous opinion. Because I, I remember that the Russians were known for these very elaborate cocktails that right. had 10 ingredients. Yes. In. But no, so we recommend make the cranberry sauce or I think some people have it for Christmas too, but, it's and festive. then enjoy the cocktail. Well, Booty, what, what, what are you knitting these days? Okay. So in preparation for the gift giving holidays, <laughs> I am in gnome land and mm. I have been making little gnomes through. it's like they're multiplying in oh my God. <laughs> so i already gave one to mom hi mom hi mom and our kids call our mom oma which is german for grandma so that one is noma 
And then she has two sisters. So one will be Nanny and the other one will be Nuthi. For Annie and Brucey. Yes. One of them actually is using the yarn that our aunt tried to learn how to knit and it didn't go well. So she gave me back all of the yarn she bought. So I use that for her gnome. They're super fun and they use up scraps. So if, if you have any mini skein sets, you know, those little five skein sets, those are perfect for gnomes because you basically need three or four. You, you might want to do your nose in white. So you might need a little bit of white. Um, and certainly, you know, if you have DK, it'll be a little bit bigger than if you have fingering. So whatever. Mm. And I have a pattern to recommend. Apparently, this woman, she's the gnome lady, and her name is Sarah Shira. My pattern is called All Work Gnome Play. And excellent. <laughs> the, the gnome puns are so excellent. <laughs> Each pattern, the gnome has a background story. And this one, the name of the gnome is Norwin. And it says she loves working at the nice cream shop in the Northern Ranges National Park. So she's chilly and that's why she's got little mittens. And <laughs> so. It's so adorable. And I love how, I mean, it's the gnome that you've seen, but the hat has got this little, well, I guess it's like a pearl twisted ridge that winds around its little pointy hat. It almost looks like a Hogwarts sorting hat a little bit to me yeah well she said she was inspired by an ice cream cone so that was oh yeah I can see that um uh, yeah where's your ice cream cone um oh it's like a reverse ice cream I didn't even get that okay um and it's actually I-cord that goes around so once you get to the top you just keep doing I-cord and then you kind of tack it down and make the swirl now our sister Mm had a lot of uh, known as bah humbug sister let's be clear <laughs> the the person who coined the famous family phrase every stupid holiday yeah. <laughs> after thanksgiving or christmas she was doing the dishes and she was standing at the sink and, and somebody came in i'm not sure if it was who it was and she said every stupid holiday i have to do the dishes <laughs> That's because the rest of us were clever enough to figure out we had to go to the bathroom that right was, when the dishes were. Yeah, yeah. that was just bossy. Bossy mm. would go to the, I have to go to the bathroom and then two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't be jealous just because you didn't think of it. <laughs> but yeah, so she had a problem with the fact that gnomes don't have eyes, which mm. is a point in their favor when you're knitting them because you don't have to add any eyes and that the braids are kind of coming out of their armpits. <laughs> they are kind of like pippy long stockings. Yeah, I like that. But if you don't like that, you can just steam them and they would probably lie flat. It's just a factor of the, the way the braids are made. Of course, they don't have legs, which is another point because you don't have to make the legs Legs. and she didn't like that the mittens are connected permanently Mm. so well I think they're adorable and I think you should definitely make one for her 
because here's going to be the great thing is that she's going to have to act grateful for it, even though she hates it. <laughs> and so there's going to be special pleasure in giving her something that is going to annoy her. And yet she's going to have to pretend like, oh, you made something for you me. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't. <laughs> you really, you shouldn't have because I hate gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I have not seen any gnomes with eyes, so I'm not sure about that. Really. No, I think that's a huge plus in if we're doing pluses. So the pluses make them from scraps, super cute, and they don't have eyes, which we know from the days of the hedgehog. Right. How hard eyes are to get right. I mean, I must have put those eyes taken them on and off three or four times they were too close together and that that looked like she had a problem one way so then I made them too far apart and then she had a different problem <laughs> we, we actually found some a website that has pictures of animals that are mostly prey animals but with their eyes how they would look with their eyes were in front of We'll put a link in the show notes. It's so yes, awkward.com. We went down the Google rabbit hole there of, well, what is the problem with? You know, and some of them are very disconcerting. This is totally, though, a plus. And just so you know, I was I showed my son a picture of them, and he's like, I love gnomes. <laughs> so if you have some leftover black wool that you could make a gothy gnome, Ooh, okay. then... A gothy gnome, yes. He would be very grateful for that. Yes. Yeah, that would be a fun gnome. Or I guess I could make it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a good pattern. <laughs> I have to say, in terms of patterns, this one's a great one because she has videos for everything. She has a video for how to tack down the I-cord, how to do the mittens, like mittens have little thumbs, and it's great. They're extremely well thought out of, and she's definitely done a lot of work and you can do them with different yarns and for different colors and stuff so you're not really getting bored and making right. the same thing over and over again which we know is the key to happiness is yeah. variety and continual growth and i do think too that oh i'm just kind of overwhelmed with all of the christmas Bye, bye, bye. I don't know about you. Yeah, and something showed up in my inbox that was so refreshing. And it was, I won't read the whole thing. We'll put, we'll put it in the show notes. But it was just about how we get into this, especially recently made it through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And it just it inundated with this pressure and you think that your life or somebody else's life is going to be better by getting this thing. And this basically is pointing out that, I'll just read part of it, quote, the world is increasingly designed to depress us. Happiness isn't very good for the economy. If we were happy with what we had, why would we need more? It goes on to say, how do you sell an anti-aging cream by making someone feel like they need to look younger and how do you get people to buy a new smartphone? It's to get them to feel like they're being left behind and they're missing something. At the end, it says to be calm 
becomes a kind of revolutionary act to be happy with your own non-upgraded existence, to be comfortable with our messy human selves would not be good for business. And it's by Matt Haig, Reasons to Stay Alive. And I oh. felt like that really spoke to me. Of We are so worried about making everything look perfect and we're not perfect. <laughs> like, if your oven is broken, then that would be good to fix because you need right. it. Does it have to look so beautiful? And well, and we don't we don't ever fix anything. We just replace it. But I mean, yeah, I I I mean, I think that is the center of advertising. Is first what they're selling is you having a deficiency. First, convince everybody that that their teeth aren't white enough, mm. and then sell them the whitener, or that they're stinky and sell them the deodorant. I mean, that's the you wouldn't buy it if you didn't first believe that you needed it. And it just leads to all kinds of low self-esteem. But I do think that the problem too, is that you get into this cycle where then whatever you buy, it might fix the itch for a minute, but then you fixate on the next thing that you want. And it just becomes this ongoing cycle. But well, in the name of being happy and making things with what you have, I have been making a, remember last year we talked about making the Christmas stockings from felted sweaters. Right. Well, this year I felted a sweater that was actually one of Doug's dad's sweaters. And it was not really a sweater that my husband would wear, but it was a really nice sweater and a beautiful color. And so we didn't want to throw it out. We both remembered him wearing it and had sentimental value. And we all have sweaters like that. Right. We don't wear them anymore, but we remember that moment in time when it was really special, or maybe somebody gave it to us and we love it for remembering that. So this is a great way to repurpose that. And I ended up felting it. It was actually Talbots for men, which I don't think I've ever... I didn't even yeah, know that know Talbot's had a men's line. Yeah. I, I don't know if it died on the vine a long time ago, but, and it was a merino cashmere blend in a beautiful blue. And so I basically laid it out and put a, a hat that I knew fit and did it along the base of the sweater so that the ribbing became the ribbing of the hat, cut it out, put darts in, and then sewed it up so it it has a seam on either side and then I made a pom-pom out of the basically I just took a square of the of the sweater and you just cut a really small strip of a round in circles a spiral yeah a spiral that that's how when when you make if you want to cut up a sheet for a rag rug that's how you would do it is you would basically start cutting up a strip all the way around yeah you want as long a strip of fabric as possible so I did that and made a pom-pom out of it it's pretty thick (laughs) pom-pom the other parts of it I made into fingerless gloves and that's a very simple pattern you just take a rectangle and then a little triangle and I can put a picture of it's for the thumb gusset you take a little triangle and then sew it up the side. And again, for the part that goes over the fingers, I use the sleeves for that. 
so that it created that ribbing where the right. fingers right. are. Super cute. I think yours looks really nice and finished because you actually put a thumb in there. But if you really wanted to be minimalist in terms of the sewing, you could just leave a hole for the thumb. And Yeah. Yeah. And I should say the part of the thumb that I used, it has a little bit of ribbing on that. Mm. I cut that out from the, the neckline. Mm. So that had a little bit of the ribbing on it, but a, a smaller scale, but you're right. The thing I love about felted stuff is you could make a hole and mm. you don't even need to make right. a finished thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the tops are not finished. I love that the texture, the sweater had some kind of, I don't know, cabling or some kind of yeah. texture to the stitches. And that when it felt it, you still had a hint of that texture, which was really pretty, yeah, yeah very subtle and makes it look fancy without you having to do much. And I think if you have sweaters that have different colors or, you know, then it can be a great thing. The other thing you could do, I mean, yeah, this was just a solid blue, but I might do a little bit of embroidery on it too. You could add some decorative elements, but I'm excited to give it to uh, to my husband because I know that he's going to remember the sweater. Right. And I'm going to give the gloves to somebody else. I don't want to say who it is Ooh. because she listens to the podcast. Uh. I don't know that she's our most, what was it? <laughs> our friend said that she got a notice that she was one of our top listeners. And it turns out that she does listen to the podcast, but it's also that she plays it so that if a burglar were to come along, they would they would hear voices play. So if anybody wants to play our <laughs> podcast on loop when they're not at home, we're fine with that. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm happy about that, if that's complimentary know, or if our it's... voices like scare away predators if they scare away predators or <laughs> i i have had friends who said oh i love listening to your podcast you know before i go to sleep because it puts me to sleep <laughs> <laughs> so on the one hand we our voices are so soothing <laughs> <laughs> so the predators will come along and then they'll fall asleep yes you're welcome well when I was teaching, I taught a Chaucer class and I would always have my students memorize the first 18 lines of the Canterbury Tales. I would tell them, if you want, I'll make a recording of me reciting the first 18 lines so you can get the sounds right. Then you can listen to it. And I did have several students who used to like to listen to that before they went to bed because they found the sound of my voice in Middle English, one that April with the sure suitor, the draught of March hath pierced to the root. They found that very soothing. <laughs> well, I, I think that's great, but in the Elmer Fudd voice. Oh, <laughs> I did tell them that when they, when all of them had passed that, then I would recite the first 18 lines of the Canterbury Tales in Middle English 
in the voice of Elmer Fudd. And I am pretty sure that I was the only Chaucer professor that ever regaled my students with that. Okay. that apple with the sure suta, the dwarf of March have passed to the water. <laughs> that is so excellent. And that <laughs> is everybody's big Christmas gift. <laughs> that is your big Christmas gift. It kind of goes with the gnome. Because yes. Elmer Fudd was, yeah. he was sort of like the cartoon gnome a little bit, yeah. kind of. totally see these gnomes having an Elmer Fudd voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was excellent. We got through our cocktail, gnomeville. Upcycled sweaters and mm-hmm. and being happy with what you have and making things with what you have, making a gnome with some stash yarn. If you've got a sweater that you don't want to give away, but or you don't want to get rid of, but you want to make something, make the Christmas stocking or right. make the felted hat. It's, it's fun. It doesn't take long. Felting covers a multitude of sins. Well, the yeah. other thing that you can do is you can make the marshmallows from episode five. Which That's is available good- on our website. Yes. bootyandbossy.com but we just hope that everybody is enjoying the holiday having a cocktail having fun making some good stuff because i guarantee you people will see the thoughtfulness in the effort well other than a certain middle <laughs> sister bah humbug every stupid holiday but Everybody else will see, I think, the the thoughtfulness and the the time and effort that goes into something wonderfully homemade. Yes. And as always, thank you for listening and supporting us. Check out the show notes. And have a wonderful holiday season. And I think it's time to say whatever, whatever you do. You do. Don't Don't knit knit like like my sister. sister.